0: If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Michelle Ashby is on a mission to train a thousand women to take their place on corporate boards. She is the founder and CEO of ACE LLC, Ashby Consulting Enterprises LLC, and has 30 years of experience as a gold specialist, analyst, financial expert, independent corporate director, and successful entrepreneur. She was named one of the top 25 most powerful women in Colorado. Welcome, Michelle Ashby. How are you? I am good, Lily. Thank you so much. Well, you look great. And we're so happy to have you (laughs) on our podcast. Are you ready to pour into our listeners?
1: Yes, I am. And we get to talk about my favorite subject. So I'm
0: super excited. (laughs) Yes. Leadership. Women in leadership. Women in leadership. That's so needed. All right. So tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. Great. So I am
1: currently an independent corporate director and my background's in mining and finance. I started out as a stockbroker back in the first wave of equal opportunity and letting women get into these high powered roles. And I specialized in mining and became an analyst and I made my name by putting together a trade association for the gold mining industry and grew that into an institution over 18 years. In that process, I became well known and got to know the CEOs of all the producing gold mining companies in the world that are publicly traded and their largest institutional investors. And that's how I built my kind of rolodex if you will. Short story, I was in mining and finance for 30 years, and throughout that time frame, I was mentored by a very generous gentlemen and brought me up. So when you say, how did you get to the top? Well, I worked hard and I had people who helped me and who guided me and they included me. I think that's the other key word is the inclusiveness. And in 2005, I was invited to my first board of directors. And since then I've been on six corporate boards, five public, one private, and I've served on nonprofit boards. I even had my own nonprofit for 15 years. So. Nonprofit board service, probably 25 years. And then I ran the trade association board for 18. So collectively, it sounds like I'm hundred years old because I have over six, you know, over hundred. You look great. <laughs> yeah, I look pretty good for that, don't I? Um, but board service has been in my blood, I guess, and in my career pretty much from the get-go. Great way to network, great way to do all kinds of things that either for yourself, your business, or your industry, right?
0: Okay, so I'm just so curious. I don't know much about this topic as far as, you know, being a board member. And what are the advantages? Like, why should women get on board? Like, why should we focus on that?
1: Wow, this is so great that you kind of are coming from, I don't know anything really about this. So think about what is happening in our world. And how are these decisions being made? They're being made at the very top. So we understand the political world and we're all cheering, right? Because Kamala is vice president and now we've got a female voice in the very top of our government. Now think about it in terms of corporations. And when you think about that, only 20% of corporate boards are, and this is in the Fortune 500, which is our largest companies, are women on those boards. What happens in the boardroom is this is where the budgets get approved, right? This is where decisions are made on, oh, we need to add a thousand new employees or we need to cut a thousand employees. Mm -hmm. So these are where the powerful decisions are made that affect all of us, the money decisions, the job decisions, the direction of the business, whether or not they're gonna take care of the environment. All of those decisions are made at the top and women have, not been at the table and that's why I'm doing this, actually training other women to get on boards right now, because we need so many more women to get in there. We need to have, in my mind, we need 50, 50, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm looking for parity. We're half the population. We should be half the power and the money too, but it's tough to get in there. So I'm helping other women do that.
0: Your organization, tell us about that, how we can connect with you because this is important work. And I want to make sure that our listeners connect with you.
1: Perfect. So the best way to learn about us is through our website, which is acellc.consulting, ace as in ace of spades, acellc.consulting. And on the website, you will see something there about our courses that we offer. So I have a couple courses. One's online. You could sign up for it today, Lily. $59.50, it's a hugely discounted thing for the pandemic because I want so many women to get this. It's my primer series, you get four modules, you get to do board resume, how to get ready for your board interview, lots of information about what boards are, how to get on boards and then a bonus video with John Kelly, who's a champion for women and talks about women behavior in the boardroom. So lots of goodies. And then I do a coaching session for free if you sign up for that online. And then my other course is a certification course, and that's much more in depth. I only take eight to 12 women at a time. I only offer it a couple times a year. And when you get your certification, then I help promote you to get you on board. So we've had a huge success of the certified women. We have 81 certified women. We've built 44 corporate boards so far and my last class i had a woman who was actually appointed to the board of pinterest so we're getting into some of the bigger names for boards as well as small startups you know like don't be afraid like oh i don't know anybody but because you got to start somewhere so startups micro cap companies you know public and private we're helping women get on those boards and you get the certification. We also have five women who've become CEOs. So don't even get me started on how few women are CEOs in our world to make those decisions. So I'm super passionate about it. We need you. We need more women on boards to be at the top where this power and money is controlled. And also it's a paying gig, by the way, forgot to mention. so my male mentors, I watched them climb the corporate ladder. They got on three or four boards. They retired out. So from these boards, they're working part-time because you don't have to work all the time, they're making $500,000, six figures, easy. They've got stock options. They're playing golf or skiing or whatever they want to do and they're set. And that's what I was mentored into. And I'm not saying that every board pays $300,000 a year, the big ones do, but you know, you could be expecting 25,000 to a hundred thousand dollars a year for a part-time corporate board
0: I love this knowledge and thank you you know I wrote down a word like I typically write words that just come up as you're speaking and I just wrote one word and I wrote badass <laughs> right at the top of your name <laughs> and I love it so I'm curious as well do you work with schools as well
1: I'm not affiliated with any
0: universities I'm a true entrepreneur
1: and when I started this I knew that if I were to affiliate with a university, it would slow me down. And so I built a curriculum from the ground up based on my background. And I love that you're an educator. You really kind of made me think when I was listening to your introductory podcast last night and I was reading through the questions and thinking about education and I'm a product of Hutzpah. So I got my degree on the street, to be honest with you. I came out of high end, private, all girls high school. And the expectation was that all of us would have, you know, amazing careers, go to huge colleges, you know, and that kind of thing. And it just didn't work that way for me. I started a family, I did it the other way. And then when I went to build my career. You don't have to have a degree to be a stockbroker. So once I discovered that, I was like, oh, this is a powerful job that would work for me. And I went for it, right? And then I had a chip on my shoulder, like, I'm gonna show you, I can make it without a degree and that kind of thing. And I did super well. I was super successful. And keep in mind, like Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, those guys never finished college, right? They started, but they never finished. And my cousin was an administrator at a university here. And in my forties, she just kept chipping away at me, go get your degree, go get your degree. So I went and did it in an adult program where you could challenge the degree with your experience. So I tested out of my degree and graduated with my undergrad in finance and was magna cum laude and, you know, got the community service award and all these awards. I was like, oh, I had no idea that educators got stuff like that. That's cool. But my credentials basically came from the street. I learned by doing
0: right. Right. So Michelle, when I first started the podcast, I was so focused on education and educational leadership. And then I realized if we keep learning from the same space, we're going to stay in the same space which is why I opened it up to so many wonderful leaders like yourself, because we need to learn from everybody. And in education, to me, it's so much a part of my heart, as you know, because we educate the world, right? We have those future leaders in front of us. Whatever path they take later on, we have that opportunity or that blessing to really influence them. So your words of wisdom are so important as we start to understand and open our minds to so many more things. It just break my heart when you said, and I get it, when you said you didn't want to slow down, that universities or that type of industry will slow you down partly because of, you know, the different things that you're focused on, but also I'm in education and sometimes we move too slow and we don't take advantages of the things that are before us. So.
1: <laughs> that leaves room for the entrepreneurs. So, yeah. here's how I came to do this, if I can share that with you. Of course, I didn't know any women, right? Because I'm in 30 years with men and they controlled the power and the money. So, I hung out with them. I didn't belong to women's groups, women that frankly stabbed me in the back. So, I didn't trust them in business. Of course, I have fabulous girlfriends, but that's different than women in your career. So, when I was looking at this, I'm like, why aren't there more women on boards? I need to talk to women and ask them why. So, I interviewed 200 women over 18 months. And I asked them, why aren't women on boards? Why aren't you on a board? And tell me about your background. And the stories I heard were amazing. I started a file called The Super Women. They blew me away. I was like, wait a second, you're qualified, but you don't understand what getting on a board is. Just like you said, Lily, I don't understand what it's a thing. I can't get paid, really? And how much control and power you have when you're there. So that's what turned on my brain, right? It was like, wait a second, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I really didn't want to start a new company. But when you talk about education, I realized that there was this huge gap in what women did not have that I did. So I took it upon myself to create the curriculum and to put this program together and then start doing it. My goal is to train a thousand women and I'm over 500 now. So over 400 women have been online with the primer course I told you about for that I'm running the special on. And now I'm in doing another group right now. I'm almost to hundred women through my certification in three years, woman by myself. So don't say you cannot change the world. Cause I do not believe that.
0: <laughs> I, I may just use that swagger that you just, <laughs> I may use that clip. I love it. Love it. Love it. You're so energizing and I get your energy and I'm getting very excited. Yeah, anyway. yeah, that's my job. Get you excited. So you go, uh, you so are me, doing it with this. Yeah, so we started off talking a little bit about the pandemic, and we are hopefully on the tail end of the COVID-19 pandemic, who knows, right? Tell me how that has affected you.
1: Well, I think, you know, like all of us, everything kind of changed. I'm very impressed with how fast we adapted to it. My father was in a nursing home and passed away in September. That was very hard to not be able to see him. My son and his wife moved in with us at the beginning of the pandemic and they're still here. So in our household, we have four adults, four dogs, cause they have two dogs. We have two dogs. They had a baby. So we have a baby and a bird <laughs> and three full-time offices going. So it's like grand central station here and I'm a doer. And when I get stressed, I do more. So I've been really ramped up for the last year in working on everything and getting stuff done. I did get COVID, uh, Mm a mild case and got over it. Um, But yeah, it's been tough. I lost another friend and I wasn't able to go be with her family or even Mm -hmm. see her at the end of her life. So serious stuff, right? It's it's really intense stuff. And at the same time, I pivoted my business. I went 100% virtual. And now I have women that I'm training all over the world. My class right now, I have a woman from Ecuador and one from Switzerland, four in Canada and four in the US. So it's changed the dynamics of where there are no boundaries.
0: Hey leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. Most of us sit and we sit a lot, eight to 10 hours each day. Unfortunately, we're not designed to sit. The result of this mismatch between our hunter-gatherer bodies and our sedentary, chair-centric society is an epidemic of poor posture, weakened core muscles, and back pain. Worse, sitting passively slumped all day leads to increased rates of diabetes, heart disease, even cancer. Sitting eight hours per day robs the average person of two years of life. Luckily, it turned out that sitting isn't the real problem. The real culprit is sitting still. And while we can't get away from sitting, we can get away from sitting still. Dr. Turner Osler created a new type of chair that revolutionizes sitting by promoting movement while sitting. Purchase this chair at qor360.com and begin your journey of active sitting. Gallup CEO Jim Clifford has pointed out that an increasing number of people in the world are miserable, hopeless, suffering, and becoming dangerously unhappy. Something is profoundly wrong, and it must be addressed. Redefining the Top 1% by Dr. Trevor Blattner is a unique step-by-step system for developing authentic leadership by becoming the role model your team deserves. For leaders looking to achieve the top 1% in their influence without sacrificing their character and convictions, redefining the top 1% is the ultimate guide. By providing a powerful set of tools to use immediately, redefining the top 1% focuses on recognizing one's strengths to create a personalized journey towards powerful, real-world leadership. Order now and get your bonuses by visiting drtrevorblattner.com forward slash book. That's d-r-t-r-e-v-o-r-b-l-a-t-t-n-e-r.com forward slash book. When you experience crisis, what are some quotes, advice or practice that really help you?
1: I think it's more the practice. So I have a deep spiritual practice. So that's what I call spiritual exercises. I do those every morning. Physical exercise is important. Watching my diet. I got addicted to chocolate. I could definitely lose 19 pounds. So I think just trying to do those kinds of things. I have a very loving husband and I take advantage of grief counseling and make sure that I am putting those things on my plate to take care of myself, but really it is a lot of introspection, family time, you know, the things that I think really matter. For me, I like to be connected to that every day. Otherwise, it's my brain that just jumps out of bed and goes, okay, do this, do that. Da, 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 da. That's easy, right? But stopping and actually reflecting and spending 20 minutes or 30 minutes or even five minutes sitting with my eyes closed and focused on actually right now, my focus is on what we call tuaji which is the gaze of God. And that's a light that comes from God and from the center of God's heart through and shines on us and fills us so that we can go forward. I want to fill myself with that so that I can then share with you and other people, the overflow of that. And that's how I get my energy. It's healing and it feels good.
0: I'd have a practice as well. For me, I have to do that every morning because it resets me.
1: There you go. Resets.
0: But I also like what you just said, because it's God flowing to you and through you. And we certainly need to connect. So I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, as a lifelong learner, you clearly are. I see all those books behind you too. (laughs) (laughs) What are you learning right now?
1: That's a really good question. I'm reading a book called Burnout and I heard about it from a podcast by Brené Brown and loving that. And I read my daily posts that come through and I keep learning from that, which is the world is changing so fast, right? Like all these new platforms. I'm a geek or a nerd. My husband would say I'm the nerd in regards to the stock market and everything. So I'm watching like all these new things, the specs, the deals that are coming on and... That kind of thing. So that keeps me very interested in, you know, market shifts. And of course I'm an analyst by heart. So I am always paying attention to where are the numbers for women? Um, unfortunately we've lost a lot of women taking themselves out of the job market through the pandemic, cause they just had so much responsibility, teaching their own kids, taking care of their kids at home and trying to work pretty difficult, pretty impossible. So, anyway, I think it's more current events, if you will, does that make sense?
0: And it's important to stay on top of that. Now, speaking of books, you've written a couple of books, right?
1: Uh Uh-huh. I
0: have. (laughs) You have. Tell us about
1: that. Well, as you know, my background's in finance. So I wrote a book on how to get out of debt. It's called Secrets of a Closet Millionaire. And it's my story and um, how I went up and down with my own personal finances and my husband uh, together and found our financial freedom and have done quite well. And then what to do with it once you get there, right? Because uh, sometimes you don't know that piece either. And then I wrote a book on uh, what I call modern energy. So I was a little bit ahead of my game in regards to the resource space and using alternative energies. So I wrote a book on matchmaking, meaning let's put the resource mining and oil and gas businesses together with alternative energy, because mining, they're one of the biggest users of electricity and energy all over the world to produce all of the things that we use every day. And yet they use a lot of diesel and not very alternative energy kind of sources. So I was very much in front of the movement to try and Uh, get that to happen and one of the reasons why i'm glad i'm on a mining company board and that's one of the things that i talk about is the environment and watching over how we make those decisions for our projects
0: and it seems like you're ahead of the game there too (laughs) so um i love it i love it now michelle when you think of leadership today what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about
1: The thing that most concerns me is the inequity. We are lacking representation, number one, gender, number two, age, number three, race. We really need that diversity at the top. And my belief is that when we get there, we're gonna see better outcomes. And it's actually been proven, research is showing us now, the companies that have a diverse board that has you know i mean not just one woman but it has a large percentage of women on the board with the men their outcomes are better their return on investment is better their stakeholders are happier their share price goes up more i mean it's a world we want to live in right i feel like there's a consciousness that comes to the table That's different, not that guys aren't conscious, but it's just different. Men and women are different. Men are very goal oriented and we're very relationship oriented. So we're looking out, we're planning and organizing and concerned and all that. The guys are going right for the let's make it happen and put them together and you've got a fantastic blend, I think, where you get the best of every world, right? That's what I'm looking for.
0: Yes, and I think you're so spot on. We do think differently from men and so we need both Perspectives, and I love that you bring that up. So, you have an option here: (laughs) door A or B. (laughs) Both. So, you can either get a question from a former guest, or you can share a challenge, a failure, or struggle that you learned from.
1: Oh, okay. I think I'd like to share something. So, one thing that I like to say is a struggle is. The moving on, right? So I think sometimes we stay stuck in places because it's comfortable, or even if it's uncomfortable, because we know it. And this has been one of my life lessons. I've gotten better at it over time. So when I started the trade association for the mining industry, I was there 18 years and, you know, I didn't have ownership, right? And so I had a great job. I had a great salary and title and all that kind of stuff. And yet I knew I could make more and I wanted to make more so I could give more away, right? So philanthropically and leaving that job was super hard. It was like, I started it. I was the founder. I grew it to 18 years. That's a long time. And to walk away from something like that, super, super hard living in other people's expectations. Right. But it was harder to stay. Yes. it was getting harder to stay yes. so i left started over in the basement of my house with a computer and a filing cabinet and my first year revenues were over two million dollars wow
0: see badass is the word for you
1: <laughs> Ew. yeah! you know i leveraged all my contacts of people who knew me they knew what i did they knew how well i did it and they paid me a lot of money to do what i do i get paid a lot of money to do what i do and so that was the key. And then that afforded me the ability to write bigger checks. I had a foundation. I lost my daughter to cancer. I had a foundation to raise money for research for her type of cancer. It was very rare, called Ewing sarcoma. And over 15 years, we gave way over a million dollars and ended up with two clinical trials deployed throughout the United States to help with that disease. But you know, that was the point is that I could write a check now for $100,000 because I was making large amounts of money and I could get my sponsors to write large checks. And so it just kind of fed on itself. So that was good. But when it came time to close that, it didn't take me as long, but it was still super painful. So the moving on, knowing when it's time, like I get it right here, but I don't always connect this with the outside world very quickly because I don't want to let go. I'm like, eh, I don't, I'm not sure, you know, but it's telling me it's time to go. And so leaving that and then moving on and taking a break and, you know, kind of going out into the world and not really knowing now, what do I do kind of thing. And, you know, of course I'm sitting on boards, but I need to be vital and participate. So I became a consultant and worked for someone else, became an employee and had that experience for a couple of years and worked in giant corporations talking to their executives and doing the work that I love. So that was great. And then, you know, done with that and moving on into, you know, getting on more boards myself so I could go skiing part-time. I live in Colorado. and love to ski. And that was when I started this. So, you know, I think those are the lessons is that out of the shifting and the excruciating process that I went through to shift, I've become this person I am now, and this work is so fulfilling. And I have to say, if I hadn't gone through all that, I couldn't be here in front of you today or in front of the groups of women that I speak to and share my experiences so that hopefully they can learn or they are inspired or they're motivated to transform themselves. Right. So that's why I'm very transparent and share pretty much everything about who I am and what I've been through.
0: Well, you know, I'm so incredibly grateful and just honored that you would be so transparent and share your heart because those are really intense things to go through. To lose a child and to lose a business, those are deep things. And so I really appreciate that. Now, you said all of this has made you who you are. Mm -hmm. Tell me, who are you? I feel like I'm
1: a really fulfilled being right. And that I am so grateful to have the opportunity to connect and to be the champion for these amazing women. I went through a very big transformation again, because well, you know, here I am working on with all these men you interviewed a few women and okay, so you get it, then how do you get over that lack of trust? that you talked about earlier. So I had to really work on that myself personally. Right. Mm-hmm. So the transformation was in the patriarchal model, we're taught to think about ourselves only mm-hmm. you know, it's my wealth, my house, my, this, my, that, right. It's all I, I, I. And I think as women, we do more, we, we, more inclusive, we, but the transformation for me was to take the focus off of me and put it on you. And that's just been, it's actually hard to articulate
0: with words, mm-hmm. but you know what I feel through the internet, through these waves I feel your passion and your love and your energy and your generosity. So it's coming through and I'm sure our listeners can hear it as well. So thank you so much. Now, Michelle, as a listener of this podcast, what is a question that you would like a future leadership guest To respond to? Like, what are you curious about? This is
1: kind of a little thing, but this is what I wrote down. What's your hack for managing interruptions in work from home?
0: An important question. I love it. You know, it is simple, but it is important to articulate and it is important to share because that's something that we can all get some really good advice from. So thank you so much for that question. (laughs) Michelle, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: You know, I just really want to encourage any woman who's thinking about maybe this is for me, or I'd like to know more that you pursue that. And we have a quiz that I give that's a free quiz. It's called the board assessment quiz. Takes three minutes to fill out. It's only 13 questions. So I'm going to provide that to you. We need you. So if you are a women leader and you'd like to be in that role of being, one of the decision makers. If something is you're passionate about, you can help influence that from the top. So get in the top and influence from there. Where are they going to spend their money? How are they going to allocate their resources? If you're part of that decision-making process, you have no more room to whine or complain. So if you can work yourself into there, and the fact is we need you. And I'm not saying it's easy, but we need you. And so I just really encourage you to pursue that and go for it right now because the door's open for women. Um, boards are looking for more qualified women right now. It won't be forever, but in this time frame, we are a hot commodity. So it's really important to get yourself ready, be prepared, and do this thing.
0: I'm sold. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in, Michelle. I, I really want to thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been a great conversation.
1: Thank you, Lily. It's been my honor. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Have a fantastic day. You too. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.